You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Here we go, episode 19 of Not Another Leafs Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Ken Stapon joined by Brendan McCarthy, the Jason Spezza edition of Not Another Leafs Podcast, Brendan, for the first episode of season two. I don't know what's been longer, Kenny, week 12 of the NFL season or this year. I mean, it, it just seems to be lingering on. And I think finally we're just we're recording this on Wednesday, December 2nd. It's supposed to happen today. 4 p.m., 3.40 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> supposed to. Roughly. Keyword. Supposed to. But, I mean, Monday we were talking about them playing Tuesday. Didn't I think as soon as we got off the air, they announced that it got pushed again. So, I'm sure it's players happening. on both sides are just, like, chomping at the bit because this has been just, as I said, the longest longest week of the NFL season. It's just felt like two years. You say chomping at the bit. I feel like the NFL really spits the bits mm. on this game they keep pushing it back a couple extra days and if you're the denver broncos how do you feel about this they had to play with no quarterback and got absolutely spanked by the new orleans saints and now you're seeing them move the game all around for what's traditionally been a more powerful market we'll say as i said put my quotations up powerful market in the nfl the baltimore ravens and the pittsburgh steelers obviously everybody knows how iconic that franchise has been. Seems like there could be a little favoritism at play. I'm just saying. Well, they were expected to go Thursday of American Thanksgiving originally, right? So yes. it's been it's been pushed back. They pushed it I to think, Sunday evening and then they push times. it to Tuesday. And this will be the fourth reschedule, yes. And in a weird hilariousness that the NFL usually doesn't get moved for anything. Usually they're the ones holding the hammer in the negotiation. Well, they got bumped for a tree lighting ceremony. The tree in Rockefeller Center is up on Wednesday night on NBC, and they were like, we're not doing it. You're playing in the afternoon. So we have a little uh, 340 football going on today on a Wednesday, which is not something that we're accustomed to, but what? I'm looking forward to it. I guess so. I mean, hey, it's, it's football midweek. And then, of course, the Thursday nighter would be canceled for week 13. I Everything's just going to be shifted to, to Sunday. No, I think that they're still going on as planned, but now Pittsburgh and Baltimore, their games next week have been bumped and they're trying to play on like the Tuesday or like the Monday and the Tuesday instead or something like of that manner. <laughs> a Wednesday nighter. The Wednesday nighter, the, the Wednesday afternoon, the matinee oh, The special, Wednesday afternooner. The Wednesday afternoon banger is now messing with the schedule next week because obviously you can't yeah. make a play, team play on Wednesday and then play again on Monday 
or like play again on Sunday rather, because that's just not enough rest. Players are going to get injured. I think that Baltimore is absolutely going to get nailed tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to take the Ravens because the Steelers have been holding on to this undefeated record for five days now. And at some point you're just going to go a bit stir crazy. I think Baltimore is going to come out on top and finally put an end to this. All right, let's move to the NHL. So not too much news coming out this week. We obviously just recorded on the Sunday, but you know the NHL network is always trying to stir things up and they did it again this week by putting out a list of a number of the top centers in the NHL and saying, you know, pick your top five. And then all of a sudden all hell broke loose in the feed underneath. Everybody, you know, has their people that they like better than the other players. I think it's pretty clear who the best center in the league is and obviously he plays in Edmonton outside of that. And of course, Oilers fans will be like, Oh, you mean the former heart trophy winner, Leon Dreisaitl? It's like McDavid's number one, I think is pretty clear. I would expect that probably McKinnon's number two right now, if you're looking for a dynamic playmaker and just the overall trajectory of his career and the way that he was able to dominate the last couple seasons, I feel like he's climbed into that number two spot. But then after that, it's just a complete, you know what show, trying to differentiate which player is better than which player. And I bl- there's probably about a logjam of about seven or eight players who could arguably be in the top five. I agree. And and we were talking about this off air too a little bit, well, via text. And, and you said it gives you a headache because it's hard to place someone in the top five who hasn't won a chip. It gives me such a headache, man. Like all these comparisons – Oh, like this guy's better than this guy. Like, oh no, our center's better. It's like, dude, like who cares? Austin Matthews and Leon Dreisaitl are both excellent, excellent players. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you over who deserves like a one slot bump in like the top seven. They're both transcendental talents and both organizations are lucky to have them. I don't don't understand why it's, there's this constant egoic need for your guy to be considered one spot better. They're both top 10 guys in the league, you know? I think there almost needs to be like two separate categories, like based off solely skill. You mean like then, like a McDavid and then <laughs> Yeah, like I'm not even like for, <laughs> everybody for, no, no, else. For, forget about yeah, McDavid McDavid is one A, one B. But it, like take away accomplishments, Stanley Cups, like I think it needs to be divided into skill and then who's the more impactful player. Because I like originally when we were talking this via text and we sent each other our top five list. I went Crosby, McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews, Eichel. Now, only one of those guys has a chip. But Crosby, for the last decade plus, okay, yeah, decade, has listen. been the best center in the league, hands down. He's number one. I, I, yeah, he I, I, understand, one. I understand where you're at on that, but we aren't talking about the last decade. We're talking about right now. And who's we don't the best right player? Now, well, 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 it's like if you want to talk about, you know, in their careers, like Crosby's going to go down as probably – a top five player of all time, arguably high. Right now, Crosby is still the best best center in the league. You, you well, it depends on what you need. Though, right now, Brendan, Brendan, it depends on what you need. Are we talking? You haven't uh, called me you, Brendan in a while. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's <laughs> that, that's, that's what know. I know. That's you're mad. You you're heated. stern. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. It's like, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about winning a seven game series? Because I'd be inclined to agree with you, and I'd say also, like, watch out for Pittsburgh. In this season, a shortened season, they're a little bit of an older team. I think that shortened season for particularly Geno Malkin and Sidney Crosby at this point in their careers is going to be extremely beneficial. 
And I would put that Crosby higher up on the list. If you're talking about who you want to be the anchor of your team, if you need to win a playoff series right now, but I still don't think that that, you know, an established career and him being the most dominant player, you know, it's not 2015 anymore. It's not 2016 anymore. McDavid has established himself for me. He's far and away number one. And I think that for most NHL pundits, he's far and away number one, but this is why I hate this conversation because what are we talking about? Do you need to win one game? Are you trying to play an 82 game regular season? Are you trying to play a 48 game regular season? Are you talking about five on five efficiency? Are we talking about five on three? Like if we're, are we trying to score goals on a five on three, because you know, then maybe I want Leon Dreisaitl and Austin Matthews over, you know, McDavid or Eichel or whatever it is, you know, you want goal scorers. It just depends okay. on the situation. Let, let me ask, let me ask Two you way this. centers. Let me ask like, where are we talking about Bergeron? Where do Bergeron and Ryan O'Reilly stand on the list? Cause they well, both won chips in the last. That's why it's arbitrary. That, that's yeah. why it's arbitrary. Let me ask you this three on three. Who's your center? McDavid. Regular season game, McDavid, seven game series. Who's your center? Ah, uh, ah, uh, probably Crosby. I like. There we go. So it's like skill versus the impact of the player, and and but if like they're McDavid able to take that team. Yeah, McDavid hasn't done it in the in the postseason yet. And I think that we're at a this pushing point as well with the Oilers, where it's like same similar to the Leafs, man. Like we're both in the same boats in a sense that. Like on paper, excellent, excellent teams. You know, when you look at the talents, the raw talents on both teams, you know, look at Drysaddle, you look at McDavid for Toronto, you look at Matthews, you look at Marner, you look at Tavares, you look at all these guys. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But where where's the success? You're going to be measured on postseason success and they just haven't had it. It's great that you can put up 100 plus points in the regular season and that you can, you know, win heart trophies and do all, get all these accolades and stuff like that. Like that's excellent. But at the end of the day, Nobody cares if you're not making a deep run into the playoffs and you're not competing for a Stanley Cup. Brendan. The top three, I think, have to be locks, Kenneth. <laughs> and considering yeah. you had Nazem Kadri in your top five. I, that was a, that was completely satirical, a bit of, by a the way. taste in my mouth. You know what? All right. I, for, just for the listeners, I tweeted out a satirical list. Yeah, I said mine. You got to say yours. Yeah, I think, I, think I, I forget what it is. I could pull it up right now, but I believe I had McDavid one. Matthews two, McKinnon three, which is not what I believe. I don't believe that Matthews is better than McKinnon. And I believe I had Johnny Toronto at number four, which I also don't believe. Three and I had Nazem Kadri at number five. And then the honorable mention that should have been the dead giveaway that this was satirical. I believe I had Kevin Hayes, Sean Couturier, and <laughs> Alex Kerfoot as being honorable mentions for top five centers in the league. I think everybody understood that was satirical, except for our good friend and former classmate, Brittany Ramsey, who uh, responded and was saying no love for Horvat or Pedersen. And I was like, obviously this is just a joke. Then we had, we had a good laugh about it. She's doing well, by the way, out in Thunder Bay with uh, working on the, what's the news channel they're working on? TBT News. Yeah. TBT News with our also former classmate and my former co-worker at TSN 1050, Tyler Kelleher. So big shout out to those guys out there. I hope they got a couple parkas on because Thunder Bay right about now until Oof. April is going to just be frigid. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> like, no I, I got to be honest. I know that Toronto doesn't have the worst winter in the world, but this it's cold enough for me. We got, so, we got a nice dusting of snow on the ground right now. And yesterday I was walking home from work last night. It was probably about minus five, minus 10. And I was like, this is plenty cold for me. I have all the respect in the world for people who live in the prairies and it's much colder than that, but I'm not dealing with it. 
Like I don't enjoy snowmobiling. I don't want to go ice fishing on. You, you don't know, like snowmobiling. You don't well, like snowmobiling. Well, I like snowmobiling, but I don't want to do it all the time. Like in Manitoba, you know. When what are I mean? people it's... snowmobiling all the time? Like they don't snowmobile to work. <laughs> Maybe they do in Thunder Bay. <laughs> I feel like it's no, just but, like a, a yeah, it's, once it's... once a season kind of thing. No, they like yeah. They in go, Toronto, would they be. go they go pretty often, but for me, I guess like, if we're talking if we're talking leisurely activity. Give me the jet ski. Like I want to take the jet ski out on Lake Muskoka. I want to take the snowmobile out on the frozen tundra. You know what people, well, they probably still do it, but they would take their cars on the ice. So Cedar point up near my cottage, there's a, there's a ferry ice road station. truckers, baby. They just, I was like, why the hell would you do that? Why? It gets pretty thick. I think it's, it's a nightmare. I think it's like every inch of ice can hold a hundred pounds. Don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's correct or not, but some of these like up North, it's like the ice will get, you know, two feet thick. I read like one of our favorite shows on the discovery channel. I just made reference to ice road truckers. Those guys just wheel heavy 18 wheelers out. It's ridiculous. No no problemo just driving across the ice. And they're like, "Ah, I'm stuck. I'm falling through the ice. It's late in the season. I'm like, you guys are. Yeah. It's because you drove your Ford 150 on, on the ice. Like good luck. That's it's just it's so stupid. Man. Speaking of the flip side, have you ever seen the guys that uh, take their snowmobiles out on the lake? Yeah, like they, like they put the mountain tread like that big. I don't know. It's like a couple inch tread on the back of their snowmobiles. And they take those things out on the lake. And then all of a sudden it stalls out and sinks to, you know, 60 feet in the bottom of the lake. <laughs> it's like, how do you get a, a snowmobile out from the middle of the lake? You got to hire a scuba diver to go down there. You need to get a, a massive, massive boat with a crane. It's a complete disaster. I always thought it would be interesting to, you know, you mentioned jet skiing and you could obviously tube off a jet ski, but you got to get rid of the rooster tail or else your tubing experience is, is, is not fun, but tubing off of a snowmobile, never done it, but I feel like that would be a fun activity. We used to do that in the United States of America behind my 1998 Chevrolet tracker. And uh, we had a little trailer hitch. Yeah, we would. There was a couple of notable, notable blizzards that just buzzing. Yeah, they just that they just locked down the city, similar to Corona, where they're just like everything's shut. If you are caught driving around in this and it's not essential, like you're gonna get your car's gonna be towed just because it was so like the weather was just so bad. There was just feet of snow coming. It was like a two day nor'easter, they call it, because they come in from the northeast, basically down like across Lake Ontario. It's the same weather that would just nail Buffalo all the time. So they shut down the whole city. And then naturally what we would do is break out my four wheel drive, throw some tow ropes behind it, and then just go drive around the streets, like towing people behind on tubes. Wow. I what wish a, I was a part what, of that. What what a time to be alive, my friend. That you have like a ton of stories from way back <laughs> of like especially your time in the states too. Man, I feel the, like you got enough to just fill a full episode. Oh, we had a good we had a good time actually. I believe it was um the World Junior or it was uh, it must have been when Canada won Olympic gold and I believe I was watching the game at like I was underage at this point in the, the last Olympics what year that, in the last, it was the last Olympics that they played in the golden goal, Sydney Crosby, I believe. Uh, so what would that, would that have been 2010? Well, they won in 2014 in Sochi as well. Okay. So well, uh, maybe it was 2014. No, well, let's, let's see. They beat Sweden in 2014. If it was, if it was 2010, no, cause I was living in Canada 
at that point. If it was uh if it was twenty ten they won in Vancouver. Yeah, it must have been twenty ten because that was how old I would have been at this time because I wasn't old enough to drink, which is why I was at the Panda Express. It was like Whoa. this little like yeah, it was this little Asian <laughs> like Asian buffet bar in in the in the or is the Panda Empire rather in the middle of like our town. They would never ID anybody. So we just used to go there underage and just drink scorpion bowls. And I was like, guys, I need to go watch this hockey game. Like, and they're like, all right, yeah, we'll pull for you. So I dressed all my buddy up in team Canada jerseys. And we went down to this, the Panda empire and absolutely fired it up. We're ripping scorpion bowls, ripping, ripping Sapporo's got absolutely pickled watching team Canada play on this little, it must've been like a 30 inch, you know, 24 inch TV behind the bar. The bartender, William, just had no idea what was going on. I'm pretty sure, actually, he had probably a really good idea and just understand that we were all underage, but nobody else ever came into the bar, so he just needed the business, so he served us anyways. Anyways, Team Canada wins, and I was absolutely ready to fire it up. So we went to my buddy's buddy's farm, and similar to like what we were talking about before with my Chevy, we just threw some tow ropes on behind this old Dodge Ram 1500 and just started absolutely ripping up these fields on my buddy's farm like just towing behind his truck until eventually he got his truck just like completely stuck in about four feet of snow it was like the middle of winter it was like three in the morning we're like what are we gonna do he's like i have to go get one of my tractors so he had to go to his house like fire up the tractor without like waking up his dad his dad would have like not been happy that we're just tearing up their field wouldn't want to wake up the papa bear no the, the big farmer like i'll tell you some stories about the big farmer on a later episode but this guy was an intimidating man and he didn't mind if we like messed around but if you pushed it too far he would tell you how it was so he had to he sneaks down gets his tractor comes back up we have to pull his truck out of like of this huge snow ditch it takes us like an hour because there's just like it's we just completely buried it in there and of course we're trying to get it out beforehand just like digging it deeper like it was just a complete disaster but canada won the gold medal and we uh we didn't lose any limbs from frostbite so it's all good i can't believe that was 10 years ago i can't believe that was 10 years ago i feel old my 30th birthday is actually coming up it'll be almost exactly 10 years ago it's like i my birthday is coming up on uh the following saturday 30 years old so you were 20 when crosby had the famous the goal oh, i was i was 20 that's why i couldn't drink because in the 20, united states of america 21 21 was, years old you still got a couple years on me man i always forget i feel like we're the same age yeah i got a baby face and i shaved off my mustache for uh my november mustache so right that's, uh, that's messing people up as well we're officially officially into the month of december and back to hockey kenny the um Nice the Canadian division. <laughs> yeah, I was just I just mailed in that transition. All we got is hockey right now. But we've been talking about the the all Canadian division for quite some time, and it's more and more likely that's going to happen. So that's exciting. Um, a couple of well, not a couple actually, uh, quite a few of US team based executives uh, released who they thought would be um, most likely to finish first. They actually ranked them, but Toronto Maple Leafs got nine of 15 first place votes um calgary montreal also getting a few a few first place votes were you surprised that montreal actually got they actually got two first place votes yeah well where were where were the execs from there there were western conference execs if i recall correctly right and that you're saying uh pierre lebron sorry i tuned out for a second it was, according, it was according to pierre lebron yeah from the athletic but he of course talked to a bunch of execs and, and gms and i guess all were coming from us well you know what listen 
when we're talking about the Montreal Canadiens, I've got a lot of respect for them. We talked about their offseason moves on the last podcast a little bit, and I don't want to delve too deeply into it. I think that likely what they're betting on is the fact that Carey Price is a pretty good bet if you're looking at how many games he's going to be playing, probably around 30 games, 35 games, if you're talking about a shortened NHL schedule. And with Jake Allen there, he could likely take a fair amount of relief. Obviously, they're going to be playing a tighter checking system under Claude Julien and with off-season additions. They're going to be a tough team to play against. They're going to be a grinding team to get play against. They're going to be a physical team, sort of that old brand of hockey, uh, kind of a liken to the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't know if they're the like if I'd have them pegged to finish first, but I think that they're going to be a tough out for any team. Oh, definitely. I think this is going to be the best year under under Bergevin because it's been it's been really rough the last couple of years. I mean, so many good pieces they've added in the offseason with Anderson and Toffoli and Edmondson on the back end. So I don't have them in my top three. I think we need to give a little bit more love to Vancouver Canucks. I mean, this is a team that beat the defending cups in the Blues last year. They went really deep. Last year in the playoffs, I, th- I have them in my top three. They obviously lose Jacob Markstrom, but they get Braden Holtby back in return. And I, I definitely think Vancouver is going to going to return to good form, losing a couple players, a couple good veteran pieces. But I still think Vancouver is going to be a, a big threat. Well, it depends on their goaltending situation, right? Like they, they lost their starting goaltender in Markstrom. I believe that he was probably, by my estimation, over his play over the last several seasons, top 10 goalie in the league. And that's not easily replaced. I know they have a big, a big faith in Thatcher Demko, the backup, and he obviously well, played very Holtby. well. Yeah, he played well in the playoffs. But what has Holtby done over the last couple of seasons? If you look at his numbers in a shortened season, that might play to their benefit because I think Demko might be able to do it in a, you know, maybe a twenty-five game if they're doing a tandem system and they split it fifty-fifty. Yeah, they could look all right. But I'm also not convinced. Even after their prior playoff performance, I think they've gotten a little bit worse up front as well. Like you lose Tyler Toffoli last year, they got an unbelievable season out of Pedersen. Horvat was unstoppable in the playoffs, but they're going to need a big bounce back year from some of their other forwards. Like, where are you going to get out Brock Besser? Is TJ Miller going to be able to replicate what was a career year for him? Well, these are answers that we don't, these are questions that we don't have the answers to yet. Well, just for fun, ranking bottom to top, I think we know who's going to finish at the bottom. Ottawa. Yeah. Then I'm going Montreal. Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton at the third, Vancouver number two, and Toronto number one. I also think that Toronto probably, I don't know, this is going to sound biased. I, I suspect that they're going to be in the top three. Um, I'll actually say that'll be Toronto, Calgary. Uh, I like Edmonton, probably. I think those three would be in the top three. I'm not going to give you one, two, and three because I think that there could be, there's equal opportunity. We're an equal opportunity podcast here. And I think that all three of them, could finish in whatever place in the in the division. I think that probably, like, I, th- I say I'd we're like pretty objective Van- on this pod, Kenny. Yeah, I like to think that Vancouver probably at number four, uh, but that's more because I have questions about Winnipeg. You know, I'm not sure what they're getting in Paul Stastny. Like, was he any? Their top six is very talented. I think their back end is sustainable, but they need to add some pieces there. And Connor Heliabuck is the big different difference maker in net. Obviously, he had an outstanding season last year. If he can duplicate that and come back, then Winnipeg's going to be a force to be reckoned with. But if he takes even a little bit of a step back, then I think they're going to be in big trouble. 
I just am so pumped to, to potentially having to to witness an all Canadian division would be so much fun for the fans watching remote and it would just be chaos. I feel like there'd be like, look at like the little matchups that, well, not little matchups, the, the, the matchups that were already formed, you know, you got the battle of Alberta, you have the battle of Ontario. It's all just going to be blown up and the rivalry will just continue to grow. And we're going to get some juicy, juicy games. I'm going to say, actually, I think Montreal, number four, Vancouver, number five, Winnipeg, number six, Ottawa, number seven to round out my rankings. I think that Montreal is going to be a tougher out than a lot of people are giving them credit for. I think that Vancouver is going to take a little bit of a step back. It's easy to think that they're going to have an outstanding season based off the high that they are coming off of, you know, in a very impressive, you know, playoff run that nobody was really expecting to eat. They weren't, they weren't expected to get out of the qualifying round, but they were able to do that. Uh, they looked impressive in the postseason, but I think that they're going to regress a little bit, regress back to the mean. They had lost a ton of players to Calgary. I feel like Calgary is going to take a step forward and uh, Montreal is going to take a step forward as well. So there you have it, my rankings. Speaking of the uh, Maple Leafs, sorry, I just wanted to force a transition there. Two years ago, the biggest worry in Leafland was if William Nylander is going to sign. Two years later, can we even get a season going? And we were talking about this on the last pod as well. Early January, and I read an article too that was leaning towards a 2012-2013 format. And I think that's probably the most likely, Ken, because it all would match up rather well and not overlap with any other summer events that are most likely going to happen, like the Summer Olympics. So I think they're... I think I heard last night like 300 million apart the players in the league in terms of what they want to get done and what they want in terms of salary. And, but again, this is a lot of this has been signed and and agreed upon. So it's just, it just kind of seems wishy-washy to me. Okay. So first off, let me see it say if Jerry Bettman tries to lock out the NHL again, this season, I'm going to scream second off. I am. I have no confidence right now in any negotiations. We've been told that the two teams have met. There hasn't been any serious discussions. Obviously, the NHLPA we highlighted is extremely aggravated, agitated, whatever you want to say, about the fact that they're being asked to come back to the table. But ultimately, Jerry, again, in this situation, whether the fans like it or not, holds the hammer because there's a certain article in the CBA that the player signed that says that the league has the rights to operate and sort of renegotiate and sort of do this stuff based off of the economic circumstance. And I feel like that was a smart little clause put in. I'm I'm not privy to the fact of whether it was in other collective bargaining agreements, but obviously in this circumstance, it was included. And so it gives the league the right to, actually ultimately come back to the table and say that we're not making the same amount of money and we need to adjust accordingly. From my understanding as well, there's a number of NHL execs that are saying we'd be better off just not to operate. Like of, and I'm talking about ownership groups from certain teams saying that we're going to hemorrhage money. We can't afford it. And we're ultimately going to be losing money if we try to have a season. And when you think about smaller markets such as, you know, Arizona or, I don't know. I don't want to say Tampa Bay because they just won the cup, but it's a smaller NHL market, right? Nashville. Minnesota. These teams are dependents on ticket revenue. They don't have the huge television contracts that say the New York Rangers have Absolutely. or the Boston Brewers have, or the Chicago Blackhawks or these traditional NHL markets. And it's going to be difficult for them 
to stay above water if they're they can't put asses in the seats even if it's you know 33 percent or 50 percent or whatever the hell like they've been doing in the nfl i think it's kind of arbitrary college football is probably a better example i've seen some some games where there's some questionable distancing going on <laughs> in the ncaa my goodness i mean with all with all the the cases emanating and floating around it it it's annoying because you still see people, you know, not sticking to the protocol or the measures. And then you see more cases forming and it's like, well, you'd have a game, but just stick to the easy, like it, it can't seem with people violating, like, you know, protocols and intact. And it just seems like, well, the onus is on you. Like, are you, are you committed to to doing this? And like, obviously you don't have fans, but, you know, this is Raven, like going back to the NFL, where we, we started off the top, like if, if you're a, a Steelers or Ravens player, sure. You can be pissed and tweet all you want the NFL, but it's, it's on you too. The onus is on you to, to stick by and, and, you know, hold yourself accountable to what you're doing and, and making sure that games will be able to, to play out because right now, one of the major four leagues is, is still up in the air and it's, it's scary to think where we're going to be at in a month. Just to stick with your point for the States right now, I don't know if there's a lot of college football fans there, but my goodness, the quarterback for Florida, have you been following his season at all? Kion Trask. This guy is playing unbelievable right now. 34 touchdowns, three interceptions, a QBR of just under 94 on the season. The Gators have only lost one game all year, and it was by three points to Texas A&M, 41-38. And they are just mopping the floor with the rest of the opposition. It's been really impressive to watch, and his numbers are absolutely insane. I don't watch all the college football, like college game day or anything like that. So It'll I'm not certain how much day. chatter. Yeah, I'm you not. watching a college game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I've been watching a little day. bit of the, the college basketball, to be honest. My roommate's kind of into it. The Richmond Spiders sneaky team sneaky they, they yeah they beat kentucky and they beat kentucky pretty handily the other day i think they also came into the second half you know down eight points or something and then they won by 20 points man it, it's exciting i was watching stanford in north carolina yesterday that was down to the wire until north carolina finally cleaned it up but they uh stanford was within two or three points until the final couple of minutes there so yeah really exciting and it all, always seems to end in a thrill too yeah and just uh, round out the Kyle Trask conversation, his numbers are basically comparable to where Joe Burrow was last year. So you got to feel like this guy's the front runner for the Heisman playing in the SEC against tougher competition and just running away with an incredible, incredible season. I would be personally surprised again. I, I'm not following it extremely closely, but I got to feel like this guy's the front runner for being the first quarterback taken next year in the draft. Might I also mention that he's uh 6'5, 240. So big frame, big frame, Huge. sort of uh, more, more of a Huge pocket kid. passer as well. Yeah. That's a big boy. Hey, should we get to our uh, product review segment? <laughs> yeah, we could go to the product review. No library bar today. We're going to move that to a once a week segment. So uh, let's go to our Christmas product review. Mr. Grinch, you really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a... All right, I gotta be honest. I'm feeling a little bit Grinchy 
this upcoming holiday season just because it's been a long year. Obviously, the bank account's a little bit lighter than it would have been in previous years. Uh, I'm likely not going to be going home for the holiday season, so sorry to my mother and my sister if they're finding out on not another Leafs podcast that that's going to be the case, but Toronto in a (laughs) lockdown. (laughs) Toronto in a lockdown right now, and I'm just trying to heed the advice of public health officials, so likely we'll be staying downtown just uh celebrating with my significant other uh what do you got on the product review here for uh christmas you got any gifts on the mind well it's almost a blessing in disguise now with christmas shopping because again like you, you get to avoid the the rush of the eaton center you can just do all your shopping oh, from the comfort of your brutal. own couch man just sifting through amazon and getting it all done i know I, feel, do. I i i have to i feel obliged to say this i feel badly for like all the small business owners in the GTA who are just getting shut down at what ultimately is like a lot of these guys make a lot of their revenue, their yearly revenue at this time of year. And now they're told that they can't operate while the big box stores are still open. I feel for these guys, man. It's, it's awful to watch these mom and pop shops that are, are able to open for the Christmas season. And they're just losing money. And like, as much as I agree with you, that the convenience of shopping and a lot of these uh, online, online, you know, big business spots is so easy to do. And obviously it just arrives right at your doorstep. It's so convenient. And that's a good thing. I think not to be out and mixing it up in public at this point in time, like you obviously essential trips only, but man, like I feel for the little guy in this one. I do. And you know what, this is a reminder to all of us too. I mean, you know, especially with the, with the cold weather coming in, it's, you kind of feel like, yeah, you know what? Hey, I deserve a little order in tonight, Uber eats, but Hey, if you're going to do that, maybe think twice, and instead of just getting the regular chain McDonald's pizza pizza, yes, go to a go to a local restaurant and um, you know support them as as Ross Levitan said in a in a previous episode they they supported <laughs> guy, us for so many years staple. right this guy's a staple on the that, podcast that stuck with me what he said though because we hey like we took it for granted so much but now it's like hey for example like Fasaro is a great Italian spot that we used to go to at, at CSM maybe order from there take a break from Harvey's and McDonald's. Yeah. All right. If you um, like McDonald's, go for it. Well, yeah, it could be it could be the little guy, you know, just if you like yeah. going to that restaurant, you liked going there when like things were normal and maybe it wouldn't even be as often. Maybe it was just like a meal once a month. Just do them a favor and get some takeout. Just be like, hey, yeah, I'm going to fire it up. I'm going to eat it at home. I know it could be a little bit more expensive and it's not the experience. They don't have the French waiter who's romantically talking to you and your partner while he's pouring your wine with the nice mustache or you don't have the smell of like the fresh baked sourdough like coming from the back of the kitchen and you know i understand the romance of it i've worked in you know the industry for a long time but just get the takeout from the place if you want them to stay open because it's such tough times for them right now and any little bit will help them keep the doors open and just that's what we have to do just to have them keep the doors open and hopefully we can normalize it at some point. This is starting off to be a terrible product. It's it's the Christmas edition of the, uh, not another lease call, not another lease pod product. Review. I'm going to, I'm going to have to keep like a little Christmas jingle under this whole segment. So that yeah. <laughs> it seems so that there's a little bit of levity here. Uh, where are you reviewing BMAC? What do you got? So as I said, I did all my Christmas shopping via Amazon and got all my family done with their gifts and it's only fitting that my mom's arrived first and we're the only uh avid coffee consumers in the family does your mom listen to the podcast are you gonna spoil it here no she she listens sometimes it's more it's more my dad who listens but yeah todd's a big big fan (laughs) yeah 
he's going to be, uh, he actually wants to come on. Um, there's a little in for him. So we got to get him on at some point, Kenny. Just yeah, a fanatically love, fan. Love Todd. So this is a uh, Sultan mug warmer for all you uh, hot bevy drinkers, coffee, tea, what have you. Ooh. Maybe gravy, maybe butter. It basically just is a little um, pad that you set your mug down onto or that was me whatever pouring coffee by the, That was me pouring coffee, by the way, just because was, we were talking about the coffee mug. It wasn't me taking a piss like that guy on the Zoom call in Newfoundland. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Sorry, go ahead. So when you're, you know, you're, everyone's, a lot of people are working remote nowadays and you forget when you're on the go, answering emails, whatever, you know, your coffee or tea is going to get cold. So this little um, device will keep it nice and hot. Uh, throughout the day it's almost like your own little thermos but you get to still drink it from a mug and i think my mom will really appreciate this i think it's a it's a nice resourceful gift nice very thoughtful uh i was actually going to well i'm looking into getting a, a new mattress for my partner that's going to be the big uh the big gift queen size endy I was just going to say, I've heard so many great things about Endy. Yeah, Endy's popping off. It's a Canadian company, so I'd like feel good supporting them. Yeah, uh, I think it's just time to upgrade the size of our bed. Obviously, it's, we've talked about the size of my puppy. She's about, I don't know, probably 10 or 11 months now coming up. Uh, she's coming up on her first birthday as well, but she continues to grow larger. And my partner insisted that on the second night, that, well, the first night and then the second night that we had her, that she could not have her sleep in the crates and that she must sleep in the bed. And it's basically like the beginning of lady and the tramp where like the dog jumps up in the bed on like the first night. And then all of a sudden five years go by and the dog grows much larger and is still sleeping in the bed. So we're going to need a little bit more space to accommodate our sweet girl, Leela. So I think it's time to upgrade the bed size to a queen size bed. And I'm thinking uh, ND is the way to go. Uh, yeah, I don't think she sees this one coming. I think it's going to be a, a quite a surprise. I've also t I've told her that, you know, it's like where you're playing defense early on in the holiday season. I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, it's been a tough year. Don't expect anything, you know, big for Christmas. Just kind of downplaying the whole thing. But then you're going to hit them. Bam! With like the big, with the with the banger, the big gift. And I, I know that she's going to be absolutely thrilled to have some extra space. You you two should open gifts on the ND mattress. Just spend like the whole day on the ND. Like I've heard they're just phenomenal to lie on. Like you yeah. don't want to get out of bed. So yeah, yeah it's going to be, it's, and you know what? Like selfishly as well, I could use a little bit of space. So it's a gift for her, but also it's a gift kind of for myself because I, <laughs> listen, man, I, listen, hey, no, I'm, I'm a bigger enough. guy. I, I like to sprawl out and I, yeah. you know, when I do sprawl out, I could take up a fair amount of space. Like I'm over 200 pounds. So, you know, you need, you need a bigger size. I was thinking about actually going like for the biggest size. I think, I don't know what it is. Is it California King? Is that the biggest size mattress? But living in the downtown core, I, I figured if I ever move, this thing's going to be a big problem because I don't know if I'm going to be able to, I'm going to have to find a place with a bedroom big enough to fit a California King. I've got lots of room at the place I'm in now. But that might not always be the case. So figured queen size is going to be more favorable depending on uh, where I'm going to be moving down the road. It's always tough when you're flexing big mattresses, man. Well, what to do with it? Man, where are you going to you do it? You got a home for it now. <laughs> I've got a home for it now, but I might not have a home for it in <laughs> you know five years. I don't know why I'm thinking about five years down the road. I'll probably be in the same place that I'm at now because I love it so much. Five-year plan. Yeah, rent's cheap. East Toronto's the move. 
as East far as that's T-O, concerned. baby. East T.O. All right, buddy, you got anything else uh, for the rest of the week here? Or what are you thinking? With Jay and Dan tonight. Well, actually, it's Jay Onred and Natasha Janiszewski because Dan is on vacation, so I look forward nice to Nice pronunciation. Thank you. Yeah, I can't even pronounce our own pod, and I can nail Staniszewski's name <laughs> perfectly. So, hey, I'm looking forward to that. It's always nice to, to be in studio to mix things up, and obviously it's a different different look, different layout, but everyone's adhering to the protocol like the rest of the NFL and NHL and all of the leagues should everybody. be doing. Everybody. Yeah. So we can get sports back and, as you say, Get our asses back in the seats. Get, get our asses back in the seats, man. I've, there's been a lot of positive news recently about a vaccine, and I don't want to get too into depth there because I know people have different opinions, but it seems like there's a lot of positive news coming out, and hopefully we can just reset in 2021 and have a, a little bit of a more positive year because I feel like 2020 sort of got out to a rough start. Wow. It was like, it was like we had January and February, and then from March on, it was uh, – you were grinding for those those extra yards, you know, those extra one or two yards on the line of scrimmage, just kind of January. consistently fullback <laughs> handoffs, consistently just one one yard. January and February, we had two plays that resulted in a touchdown, and then after that, we just didn't get any <laughs> yards. Like yeah, we were over, laughing over the top then... of the defense, Philly special, like no problem. It was uh, it was things were looking up, and then all of a sudden, and it was three and out, three and out for the rest of the way. Yeah, that was the end of Maple Leafs game night, and uh, hey, but the start of something great and the start of not another lease podcast. And again, we'd like to thank all our listeners. You guys are the ones that make it happen. And two episodes a week coming out. Thank you for listening to the first episode of season two, episode 19, the Jason Spezza edition of not another lease podcast on the hockey podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Ken state at B McCarthy 95 at Leafs pod at hockey pod net. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs>